This is Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, the Channelnomics podcast that connects you with channel chiefs, thought leaders, and executives about what it takes to get the next generation of tech to market. Here's your host, Larry Walsh, the CEO and Chief Analyst of Channelnomics. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back to Changing Channels. Of course, I'm Larry Walsh, and this is my fake brick wall. And I'm really happy to have our guest here today. Uh, I have a special guest for you to talk about something that is truly uh, something that's on my mind frequently and also comes up frequently in conversations, which is the impact of marketplaces in co-selling. Now, we've heard a lot about the changing nature of sales and customer buying patterns. Uh, The customers are definitely looking more to buy through marketplaces. And a lot of that in the B2B uh, segment is being driven by the adoption of cloud and cloud platforms. Every cloud platform needs applications. And where do they get those applications? Well, increasingly through marketplaces. But the nature of selling isn't really changing. Uh, We only have a couple of basic models to choose from. Sell to is where we sell directly to the customer. We sell to a partner and the partner then packages it up and sells it off to somebody else. Uh, Sell with, which is the multi-legged sales calls. And we've been doing multi-legged sales calls, you know, since Rome had a market. Um, And of course, there's also sell through, which is our traditional reseller model. But there is a there is a different way of looking at this, and that's what I, we brought our special guest on today for, Alyssa Fitzpatrick, the general manager of worldwide partner sales at Microsoft, who also happens to oversee their co-sell program. Now, the reason why this program is significant because it was one of the first that actually amongst vendors that actually took other products from other from other. Uh, companies, ISVs or other uh, other partners that develop their own IP, that then put it into their own resale stream. And so that's what we invited uh, Alyssa here to talk about, to tell us about what makes the Microsoft co-sell program different and how it's feeding into the success of those buying through the marketplace and selling through the Microsoft Azure marketplace. So Alyssa, how are you? Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks, Larry. Uh- it's great to have you. It's great to have you. Uh, you know, I'm going to share, if you don't mind me saying this, Alyssa, is that you and I have met virtually a few times over the last year and a half, but Alyssa was my last live meeting before the pandemic stopped the world. Yep. So it's like, me too. <laughs> yep. So, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of exciting things happening at Microsoft, new operating system coming out, a lot of new innovations coming out there. You have your big annual event next week. Um, So, you know, if you don't mind, you know, what's, you know, what's the, the big story you're going to be bringing to Inspire when you get you and your partners together next week? Well, we are very excited about Inspire and uh, the timing of today is, is, Fantastic, so that we can actually have a chance to have a chat about what's going on in the industry and the changes that have been happening. As we get into Inspire, you're going to hear a lot from Microsoft, mostly about our product innovations and the the specific ways we would like to go to market with our partners this year. And the way that we're looking at uh, working with our partners is really in a much more constructive and deeper way than we have in the past. And when we look at how our customers are buying and the customer patterns that we have been really seeing over the last several years and especially over the last year, what we've seen is that our customers are really looking at um, solutions that are not just coming from Microsoft. They're looking for combined solutions to meet their problems. And so we're seeing that the combination of 
Microsoft first party with third party in sales place, where we create um, go to market sales place, we're seeing a lot of traction from that. And that's where we really want to drive not only our sales, our sellers inside Microsoft, but together with our partners, because we are seeing sales plays really take take hold and get lots of adoption because when we package it together and we bring it together as a, um, a an opportunity for a customer where they're already seeing the alignment and the partnership behind the scenes, that just accelerates their time to market and their ROI. And so yeah. we're really excited to talk about that at Inspire this year is the power of bringing together sales plays and not just trying to go to market together, but intentionally on specific sales plays. Yeah. Let's step back to, you know, when you talk about the, the innovations that we talked about next week and inspire, actually I should say it's this week in inspire when we can, when this podcast comes out. Um, but the innovation that brought you to this in the first place is uh, you know, it was just a short few years ago that Microsoft was wholly focused on everything hanging off of Windows. The Windows being the center of the universe for Microsoft. And if it didn't touch Windows, then it wasn't going to market. Mm. And I will tell you is that I was struck. I was, I was, uh, I, I'll actually say dumbstruck when I was reading Satya Nadell's book, Hit Refresh, and the entire philosophy being laid out in it where Microsoft was no longer supposed to be the center of the universe, but to be everywhere in the universe and inclusive mm. of being cooperating with other companies and building solutions. And I could see the genesis of that, that co-selling program that you're, that you have now is that where you are there recognizing the extended value that other companies bring to the Microsoft experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it really is an effect of what's happened over the last five to six years and the in impact that Satya has had on the company, where we really realized that, you know, Microsoft technology does not solve customer problems um, all up. We do need to work with our partners in order to um, deliver the technology, in order to bolster the technology to meet our customer needs. And so realizing that we want to put the customer in the center, not Microsoft put our customer in the center and make sure that we are building the solutions that that customer needs. And then realizing that that customer is not necessarily unique, that they live in an industry with peers. And so what we're building for those customers is definitely repeatable with our partner ecosystem. And that partner um, industry model that we can build may be different in different countries. And so really looking at how do our partners show up geographically, how do they show up with their solutions? And then how do we bring that together so that we can solve our customer problems? By putting our customer in the center, that allows us to really look around the ecosystem and bring the right solutions to the right customer at the right time, rather than really looking at how do we drive the Microsoft agenda? So we've really taken our focus away from driving really Microsoft, 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 and looked at how do we empower our customer and understand their needs and then work with our ecosystem to solve that. And it may not be Microsoft technology that solves that specific problem the customer has. Yeah, then you know, that really is a departure though for a company like Microsoft that prided itself on being the solution. Mm. Uh, even, you know, and I you know, say sometimes even promoting it, even when they really weren't the best solution for it. But 
it is it is about as you say putting the customer first but how does this work how does microsoft engage with its partners to bring these innovation solutions or these value extenders into its ecosystem and then getting them out in front of the customers in a meaningful way for the customer and the partner well, so that, that is absolutely our goal. Our goal is to bring in as much of the technology innovation as we can and harvest that for our customers. And our goal is really to make that um, discoverable by our customers directly. And so ideally we want our partners to bring forth their expertise and their innovation and, and share that on our marketplace because then we can build our collaborative uh, our sales models together for our customers. And then our customers can come to our marketplace and do self-discovery. That is the way they're buying today. So we wanna meet them in that, that desire to go and do that self-education. And so we're asking our partners to really come to us with your solutions, understand your space and understand your customers so that we can really help you articulate and differentiate yourself in our marketplace so that you become discoverable not only by our customers but also by other partners who are building partner to partner route to markets as well as by our sellers who actually go into our marketplace and look for solutions and so the way that we wire that up is to really make sure that our sellers are finding the solutions that are relevant in their local markets. And then our partners are finding the same. Partners are discovering other partners. And then our customers can then really harvest the marketplace to find the solutions that they need. And so when you think about Microsoft and how we reach our customer, it is in three ways. It's through a seller, through our partners, engaging with other partners, and through our marketplace. All three routes to market are powered by our partners. And so we don't go alone and we want to really expose and promote our partner solutions because that makes our customers much more um, satisfied as well as they're, they're meeting their objectives. And so we run co-sell days to highlight the solutions that are local in each one of our markets. We bring forth um, sponsorship locally to our, our partners locally so that we can engage them and start to build um, go-to-market strategies. And then we also have corporate relationships where we bring partners to Microsoft so that we can innovate together and understand how we're building our solutions and the partners themselves are getting access to um, resources and technology um, roadmaps and architecture so that they can build for the future for those customers. So it is a comprehensive um, building environment, go-to-market environment, and then sales environment that we're promoting for our partners. Yeah. You know, there's a key point that you raised is your sellers. And by sellers, you mean your salespeople. Mm -hmm. So your salespeople are actively promoting non-Microsoft products as a part of their, of their customer engagements. How does that work? And what was it like to get your sellers engaged with other companies in terms of selling product? Yeah. So there's, um, when you think about selling with partners, there's, there's the easy road and there's the hard road, right? The, the easy road is when partners work with very collaborative um, technologies where either it's a solution working with a system integrator, 
very easy partnership because you need each other. You're going to be installing a solution and you need someone to land that. But when you've got technology working with technology, two ISV partners, and Microsoft is an ISV, we want to work with all the other ISVs out there. How do we do that? It's very challenging because many times you think, well, we're going after the same wallet. The timelines might be different. Lots of challenges. And so we've built our co-sell program to help really eliminate some of those challenges and really promote a go-to-market strategy together. And so what we've actually done is um, we are uh, compensating our sellers when they engage with our third-party solutions that land on Azure. And so whenever we are engaged with a, another software vendor in selling their solution in collaboration in the Microsoft environment, our sales rep is compensated as if it's a first party solution for the Azure consumption. And so this is really an important element of how we're compensating our sellers and grabbing their attention to understand how to complement first party solutions with third-party solutions. Clearly, we engage with services partners to do the implementation and the strategy for our customers. And that's always been a strong partnering avenue for, Mac, for Microsoft. What we've empowered over the last several years is the IP sales, where we are collectively selling IP together. And that's where it's really important for our sellers to understand what those partners bring to bear so they can invite that into our sales cycle, but also really meet that customer need because when we build solutions on top of Microsoft, it becomes a stickier solution to that customer. And then there's always opportunity to grow those once we're in together. And so we really look at um, co-selling as not only a door opener for customers, but also a long-term sales strategy because every partner we engage with, we want to create a long-term partnership with at that customer. Yeah. Well, so I heard what you what you just said. I heard a quadruple win. The customer wins because they get the solution that they need and mm -hmm. the, through the combined innovations of the different companies involved. Um, the rep wins or the i'm sorry the partner wins because they get a sale alongside the rep wins because they're making money off the sale and microsoft wins because the key element here is that the, this is all being built on azure which of course is is the gift that keeps on giving right right so i mean and it sounds like a really it almost sounds like a perpetual motion engine the way you're describing it Mm -hmm. it, it really is because it, it comes down to, to building that ecosystem and an average customer, average customer today has seven vendors calling, seven mm. software vendors, not just seven vendors, seven software companies. And so when you think about that, if we're not engaging with each other, we're working seven times harder than we need to be. If we're talking to each other, just think of how much you know, how many roadblocks we're taking down by engaging and actually bringing our strategies together. And so if you're not working with one partner, you're already working seven times too hard. If you're working with multiple partners, then you're actually increasing your ability to make your customer happy. In addition to that, every customer is taking advice from one or more system integrators. And so you absolutely need to be partnering with those system integrators, just like we do, because our customers are making decisions based on the strategies that our SIs are driving. And so many times it's not Microsoft in the driver's seat 
around strategy. So we want to work together to make sure that we are all part of that solution and that we're bringing forth the best experience for our customer. And so that's where I believe that ultimately, the more that you engage with partners, your business will grow exponentially because every partner relationship that you create, it is a multiplier effect. And that's why I'm constantly encouraging our sales managers in the field, get with your peers, make sure you're meeting the other sales managers of the partner ecosystem so that you're sharing the opportunities at hand and we're meeting our customers in a much more unified manner. And so again, I encourage our sellers from Microsoft to engage directly with our partners. That is a new motion. I, I will tell you in the past, a lot of our field has said, Partnering, well, that's up to the partner organization within Microsoft. They will take care of that. It is no longer our job. It, partnering is Microsoft's job. Partnering is our leadership, our sales organization, our industry, and our consulting organization. All of us have a responsibility to embrace partnering. And that is the shift that has changed within Microsoft culturally. So we've, we've had as an industry, we've been doing this partnering thing forever, particularly between vendor to vendors. So you've had, you know, Microsoft, like many, most other uh, technology companies have alliance programs where you do work with in, on integration and product roadmaps. How is this different though? Is it because it, the selling motion is so defined and, and becomes so fluid or is there something else that's been added into this so that it's not just another run-of-the-mill alliance you know, or, or peer-level partnership? Well, I think what it comes down to is all of our customers are trying to figure out digital, digital transformation. So every single customer is somewhere in the continuum of transformation, whether they're starting on the journey or they have gone through the journey and they're um, now trying to optimize. But every single customer is on that path and every customer is looking for the, the, the next secret to their success. And so when you bring our partners together, what we, we've really learned over the last several years is that by bringing together these solutions and actually coming together in a sales cycle, we're creating a, a, an environment with our customers of trust. And trust is so hard to build because it, you know, it's lost very quickly, but it takes time to build. When you see Microsoft um, bringing together partners and partners showing up with us at customers, our customers really are building a trust model with us. Now, when you think about where our competition is going and, and how we're, we're addressing that, it really comes down to these solutions are moving to the cloud. Our customers are moving to the cloud. They've got several choices in the cloud and we wanna be one of them. We would like to be the cloud, but obviously we understand that there are many choices out there and a lot of customers will choose a primary cloud and a backup cloud. We understand that. And therefore we wanna work with all of the scenarios in order to make sure that our customers are running on the most trusted platform that they can. And Azure, as we know, provides the most secure platform in the industry. And so when I think about what we can do together, number one, we can build trust with our customers. Number two, we can build longevity because we will be building together and driving together. We are not going to, to evaporate overnight. We are building long-term relationships with our partners. And third, ease. 
We're making it easier for our customers to um, adopt technologies, to find technologies, adopt technologies and onboard them through the marketplace or through any partner locally. We want to make our technology and our partner's technology as accessible as possible because our mission is to empower everyone in the world to achieve more. And so in order to achieve that, we can't do it alone. We have to partner. And that is critical to our success. So speaking of not doing things alone, um, one of the things you and I have discussed a few times is who is a seller. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, you know, when we talk about marketplaces and it's, you know, the, one of the three pillars of, of this motion you're describing is that your sellers and your partners and your customers can find these solutions through your marketplace. And, and I have to say, Microsoft's marketplace is one of the better ones we've looked at. Um, but it's, it's not, it's not a hidden secret. Anyone can go there. So if you're sitting there saying that if anyone can find the solution they're looking for in their marketplace, then can't they also bring others to that marketplace for you? Are we entering a period where we can actually start looking at influencers and referrals as a true net, net contributor to the success of a channel or of a sales motion? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I do see that future coming and coming quite fast. Um, part of what I'm seeing is as we are building out our marketplace and we're bringing in functionality and, and core transactability into the marketplace, um, things like ratings and reviews will start to become much more important. How are our partner solutions and how are our solutions rated by our customers and reviewed by our partners and our sellers? And so when we start to see that, we're seeing ratings and reviews, we're already starting to see a invisible influencer model come forth. What if we started to really think about a proactive or an intentional influencer model? Because as we were talking earlier, a customer is not unique. A customer sits in an industry and has a lot of peers that have very similar organizational structures and would require very similar technology. And as a matter of fact, most companies are looking at each other and at their peer group to figure out what's the next technology I should be buying. And so when you take that and you kind of push that forward and you think about, well, if we're going to do ratings and reviews and really understand what our customers think of these solutions that they've implemented, what happens with the peer group? What happens with those of us that, that know the technology and can start to promote the technology in a way that brings customers to the marketplace or brings customers to this ecosystem? And what that means is that every human on the planet can ultimately be a, a seller, um, a technology seller. But, you know, we, there will be those who will argue that we already have this today because the power of social influencers uh, or even, you know, even industry influencers mm -hmm. are driving consideration. But I will tell you that what it feels like to me is that it's, it's almost, you know, that they get them to the beginning of the last mile and where we typically lose visibility but they actually don't get them in the last mile, or at least right. we can't perceive them. We haven't closed the loop on that yet. Is that what we're really, we're really talking about is that we need to create a better mechanism within these platforms that allows these influencers to actually have a material impact on the outcome? Absolutely. 
I absolutely agree with you on that because I think that what happens is we don't actually know what the influencers are doing or what their impact is today. And I do think that there is some impact, but I think it's growing every single day. And I think if we don't get in front of this and start to really understand how to capture it and then how to guide it the way that, that we have desires to and our partner ecosystem, understanding what their influences, influencers are doing for them and who they need to attack, uh, um, attract as influencers, that model will become extraordinarily important. And I think that if we're not thinking about it now, we're going to be too late. And that's why you and I have talked about it over a year ago. We started talking about this concept of how do we really capture the influencer model in the technology world? How do we understand who is making these um, quieter influencing decisions. Because clearly we know that if there is a major customer that makes some major technology decisions, a lot of the other smaller customers in that same industry will look at what they've chosen and many times follow suit. But if it's not a major customer, there are other major influencers. And you think about the SMB market and you know things like a dentist office or a, a law firm, there are many, many, many quiet influencers that are helping those firms make those decisions around technology. The SMB yeah. uh, total addressable market is ginormous. <laughs> there is a huge opportunity to capture there. And the influencer model is what will make that accelerate extraordinarily fast. Because once we start to get uh, make technology more accessible to the SMB model and more understandable through an influencer model, I think that's what's going to really change the game for technology adoption and digital transformation for the companies that are laggers. Yeah. You know, you know, what amazes me is when we talk about uh, who the influencers are going to be on, on a B2B level is that it's not necessarily who we think they're going to be that they are going to be, I refer to them as, as non-technology uh, influencers or partners. Uh, they're just not even non-transacting. They're non-technology. As, as IP, as intellectual or IT or IP continues to permeate through everything that, we, that we're making so that you know, car manufacturers, uh, uh, home appliances, uh, anything that's going to be turned into a smart device, these are companies that have the potential of influencing what actually is coming into the data centers mm -hmm. um, and, or into the cloud. So I think that there's a huge amount of potential of expanding the envelope to, in, to bring in more into our ecosystem of influencers and ultimately sellers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I do think it's an area that if we're if out there, if we're not thinking about it, we need to be thinking about it. I don't think we've got the answer figured out yet, but I think it's something that that we've absolutely got to be thinking about. Um, the influencers of today, are, they're, they're not standing up and raising their hand. So we don't know necessarily who they are. And I think that's the area that we've got to figure out. How do we identify them? Who are they? Do they self-identify? And, and how do we get some mind share? Yeah. Well, so everyone, if you're interested in learning about influencers or referral programs, if you go to the Channelnomics website, we have a couple of re uh, research reports on influencers and re uh, referrals. The influencer one was inspired by Alyssa. So thank you for the inspiration, Alyssa. I do want to you know close on this though, because there's a lot of 
uh, you know, you're working with a lot of ISVs uh, and a lot of, you know, we won't call them out by, by name, but a lot of companies are, you know, with cloud services, have their own marketplaces. They're very noisy. So what advice do you have for an ISV that's looking to get involved with Microsoft and the co-sell program, or just even in the Azure marketplace to build awareness and get the attention that they're looking for in order to find the success that they need? So, so my number one recommendation today is uh, when you're building, build for marketplace. Um, obviously build for Azure marketplace first, but <laughs> Build for marketplace. That that is my mantra here. Because if you're not building for marketplace, you're actually removing a discovery mechanism. Because that's where everyone is going to shop, and um, and so you want to build for marketplace. And I think that's the most critical thing right now. We're really actively trying to drive as many of our partners to move to marketplace. And so that's a big migration that we're doing. When you build for marketplace also make sure that you can transact. So it's one thing to post it as if it's a library um, where you can take a look at it, but it's another thing if you can actually buy it. So you wanna make your solution transactable in a marketplace. Once you've got that, you need to know your customer and be very, very clear about who your customer is and how to differentiate yourself. If you post yourself on a marketplace and click every single industry, that means that you will be found for everything and found for nothing. So you want to be differentiated. You want to be very clear what your value proposition is and who your customer is that you're going for. The next thing you need to know, so first marketplace, second, know your customer. Third, know your partner ecosystem. I, I cannot underscore this enough. You need to know your peer group out there. Who's selling into your customer? You've got to embrace your partners. Obviously, we are one of many, 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 many partners. So we're one, but there's so many out there that you need to engage with and know who's selling with you. Who are the partners that have uh, collaborative technology or complementary technology to you? When you have customers, there's typically going to be a first uh, sale, second sale, third sale. What other technologies are in that, that makeup? And what are your customers buying? Because when you understand the other partners that you're working with and you know your customer, that is when the magic really happens. And so make sure you're building for marketplace so that you can transact there. Make sure you understand your customer and you differentiate your value proposition extremely clearly. And third, know your peer group because you can leverage each other and make a multiplier effect of your sales efforts by working with your ecosystem. And then finally, give us a call here at Microsoft because we want to go co-sell with you. I, I'm not quite sure I heard that last part there about who to call again. Give us a call at Microsoft. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give everybody a little bit of added incentive is, uh, and this is, this is real data. 39% of millennials, you know, in a B2B context, 39% of millennials only want to buy through marketplaces. And if you think that they don't have influence, the oldest millennials are 40. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is, it's, this is the future. This is, and it's not just the future, it's the here and now. So I think it's sage advice, what you're giving Alyssa. I really appreciate you coming on Changing Channels and sharing, uh, sharing your insights because I really am. I'm a fan of the Microsoft Co-Sell program. I do. I know that others have similar versions of it, but I do think Microsoft really set the mark for it. 
Well, and uh, stay tuned for more because we're excited to um, have some changes come this year to our coastal program. And as we grow and change over the next year to, to two years, there's going to be a lot more coming around COSEL and the engagement that you can get together with not only Microsoft, but our entire partner ecosystem as we build that together with you. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Larry. I really appreciate it. It's such an honor to no. be on your podcast. Oh, thank you, Alyssa. Again, everyone, Alyssa Fitzpatrick, the General Manager of Worldwide Partner Sales at Microsoft. And I want to, as always, thank you all for joining in. If you like what you hear, please let us know. Subscribe to the subscribe to our podcast channel on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And if there's something you want to be want us to talk about, something you want to hear, shoot me an email, lmwalsh at channelnomics.com. I'm happy to take any suggestions. Until next time. Thank you for joining Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, a production of Channelnomics, with the support of our production team at Modern Podcasting. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share with your friends. For more information about Channelnomics services and insights, follow us on Twitter and YouTube, and check out our website at channelnomics.com. Channelnomics is a registered trademark of and Changing Channels is copyright by 2112 Enterprises, LLC.